Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Empire. A new digital league has spawned. I think the fans will be able to own these players. If you own a player, you're able to build this player up and grow them and train them and improve them based on select uh, packs of things you can do to grow them and train them. With caps, of course, it's not easy to just turn someone into a beast overnight. That's David Ortiz, CEO of SimWin Sports, where years of gaming knowledge is used to build modern immersive leagues. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. David Ortiz has spent his career in gaming and esports. He headed the EA Madden franchise for a period of time. And now with SimWin Sports, the idea isn't just presentation and interactivity, but full immersive team building and competition. Our guest this week is David Ortiz. He is the CEO of SimWin Sports, which is a virtual sports metaverse that fuels 24-7 fantasy sports and sports betting action where fans can collect, trade, and manage virtual players and teams with legends like Magic Johnson and Jerry Rice. Hi, David. How are you? Thanks for joining us. No, no problem, Brian. Good to see you. Tell me a little bit about the company. How did it get started and, and what are you guys trying to achieve? Well, um, the company got started, myself and uh, my business partner, Tom Getty. Uh, we had you know, worked in video games together doing um, a lot of sports games over the year, over the years. And uh, we'd also done fantasy sports together. And one of the things that uh, you know, we realized is that um, there's just not enough sports content on to satisfy passionate sports fans, especially those that are into fantasy sports. And, of course, those that are into sports betting. So, you know, we have a sports platform of digital sports content that never stops we could entertain people all the time uh, around sports and the sports ecosystem everything from fantasy sports to real money gaming to collectibles to being able to watch and advertisers the whole business of sports so um, we said about building um, a sports metaverse that would support that could you go into you were specific there but but you basically suggested there's kind of a hole in the marketplace um, and it feels like to me from the outside looking in, this is a very crowded space, whether it's fantasy, betting, gaming, what hole did you see kind of specifically that you guys wanted to fill? Yeah, actually, if you look at the world of just entertainment and content, right, the way people consume content, the way they enjoy themselves now, everything is on demand. Everything is digital. Everything is bingeable. So, you know, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, you know, uh, Spotify, um, you know, video games, online poker, online slots. Um, you can be entertained whenever you're ready on demand on your time. Um, and that's how people are used to being entertained now. Because of the human nature of sports, meaning athletes having to rest, the schedule-based, uh, you know, and seasonality of sport, um, you know, people who are into fantasy sport, people who are into sports betting, there may be a lot of things to do when there's games on, 
but there aren't always games on, um, which is why you walk through a casino at any given time and the sports book's empty. Um, even during seasons, you know, you roll in there on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and, you know, and see what happens. Or, you know, roll in there on a Monday before, you know, um, uh, Monday Night Football kicks off or in the West Coast after and it's a ghost town, man. So, um, you know, um, if you look at against something like poker, you can do that whenever you want to. Yep. We just wanted to be able to provide uh, the opportunity for people to have the same behavior patterns and enjoyment they do whenever they feel like playing um, with fantasy sports and uh, and real money gaming too. Okay, so how do you how do you accomplish that with the same problem occurs for brick and mortar sports books if there aren't games happening? How are you betting on them and and how are you conducting fantasy sports? So how do you kind of view that? Yeah, so we become the sport. So what we've done is we've built out our own digital sports, starting with American football and basketball and soccer. Uh, and then also we're doing boxing, we're doing uh, cricket, we're doing baseball and hockey and, and, and car racing. Uh, and what we've done is you know, we've built out digital sports leagues. So we built kind uh, of the equivalent of a Madden or a 2K. We've built out our own football game. We've built out our own basketball game, our own soccer and so we have some very interesting people owning and operate these, operating these teams really in a coaching manager mode style. Um, so, you know, Jerry Rice, Magic Johnson, Nick Carter, um, uh, Thomas Boo from League of Legends, uh, David Levy, um, still a lot of Lamelo Ball, uh, Tracy McGrady, uh, so many athletes, Mike Singletary. I mean, I just, uh, Jen Welter, um, all these people own and operate teams in our league. And so they're coaching their team. And so we, our goal and our, on our platform and the way our business is run is that there's 12 live games per day per sport. Huh. Once we launch a league, there's 12 live games per day. So, you know, you go through and you're watching a game and you're doing fantasy sports run or you're betting or whatever you're doing. And, you know, you're taking a small break, you know, and there's another game on. Um, and you're entering another one, there's another game on. So any time of day, we have provided digital content. And underneath that system, it's not just having a couple teams run out there. Every single player on the field is a is an NFT, but they're also a digital athlete that gets bigger, stronger, faster. They atrophy. They have hot streaks. They have cold streaks. Um, you know, it's a living, breathing, you know, sports metaverse where yeah. uh, you know each one of these players has a life. And around that, um, not just our fantasy sports. I mean, if you know a DraftKings and under an, an underdog um, or underground. Um, um, uh, uh, FanDuel, I mean, uh, Yahoo, any of these groups want to license our data, um, they can run their business around our content, even in those gaps. So it's not necessarily a scenario where it only has to be our first party content. And, but we are basically plugging in content that makes it possible to go all the time. And so uh, to be clear, so th- this is what's different about this. The players aren't the real players. Like I'm not drafting Justin Jefferson. I'm drafting someone to be or someone's going to be on this team that you're going to build that's virtual but this is not a real person it's not based off of a real player well it depends on the player right so i mean um you know magic johnson will be available to be drafted onto your team tracy mcgrady Lamelo ball all those people i mentioned you know their counterpart will be available to be drafted onto your dfs team or your season-long team um but uh, the rest of the players are players we generate and we create. And then the fans have the ability to watch those players grow and develop because we actually, not only do we have, you know, all the teams that are owned and operated, we actually have a whole college system underneath 
of digital college team players that are running through there every four years, you know, in some cases every three years, and they're moving on into our draft because we're doing two full seasons per calendar year. And then on top of that, you know, we do two full drafts per calendar year, which means there's always somebody getting cut. There's always somebody being drafted, um, you know, in terms of the overall macro league. We've got 50 fictitious, fictitious universities, one per state, um, where these players are growing. So, you know, if you're on our site, you're able to look at the highlights from the college games and get to know these players before they show up in the league. And so you're going to be familiar with them um, the same way you're, you know, you're familiar with pros. So that's really interesting. All right, take me through some of the technology. How do you think through the idea of making virtual players and having them have a career athletic lifespan? Yeah, well, honestly, man, this is stuff we've been building for a long time. Um, uh, All the way back from, you know, when I was at uh, Microsoft, did a game called NFL Fever with some people. And, um, you know, we we did a system called dynamic player progression and um, players would grow and improve and then, you know, we did the same at uh, we did the same at uh, at EA, and you know, most you know sports games that are worth the salt um, have some version of player growth and progression. And we just myself, uh, you know, Josh Lubin, our EVP of design, Randy Beverly, who actually Randy was the original designer on the very first Madden. Um, you know, Tom with his background in uh, you know rarity schemes and things like that from his time at uh, at um, at Wizards of the Coast. We just nerd out, man. And we um, built a system where these players really, you know, take on a life. They can be influenced by how you, you know, if you own a player, because uh, the fans will be able to own these players. If you own a player, you're able to build this player up and grow them and train them and improve them based on select uh, packs of things you can do to grow them and train them. With caps, of course, it's not, you know, you can just turn someone into a beast overnight. But, um, and then likewise, you know, the owners of these teams, when these players are in season, they're having an influence on the growth of the player how often the players use, you know, so if a player gets too many carries, you know, Marshall Falk owns a team, for example. Yeah. So, you know, Marshall gives himself, you know, 50 carries a game. His guy's going to, his virtual Marshall's going to get a little beat up. Um, so, um, but there's a, it's a really complex system we've built, but it's also really, you know, digestible and fun because we base it on, you know, what happens in the real world. That's interesting. Cause like, clearly like you're, you're thinking about this in, in real time with virtual players, at least with Madden and maybe you can, and, and you spent a lot of time there. Madden is based off of how the real players performed the year before. Right. So they're going to take their performance and utilize that as the information to how their career is progressing or maybe regressing. In your case, you're looking at this more in real time. Like what would happen week to week if you overused a running back or if you overused a wide receiver? You got it right, Bram. And you know, when we're when we're creating all the players and we when we put them in the college system, we're creating players of a range of different skill sets. So, you know, we'll create a batch of quarterbacks. And so in that batch we'll maybe have, you know, three guys who are dual threat and three guys you know, who are, you know, pocket passer types and some guys who, you know, have the potential to turn in all kinds of different things. And we do that across the board, some freakishly tall tight end and, you know, some, uh, you know, some, um, you know, wide receiver that can do, you know, some really unique things. And, you know, we don't smack an overall rating on the player to make it really easy either for the fan who's purchasing the player or for the owner who is drafting them to go, oh, I just take the guy who's got the highest OVR. What we do is, you know, they're able to see the types of things that a scout can actually see when they're evaluating a player, whether it's a, you know, a college scout, um, a high school scout, I'm in a you know, college scout evaluating high school players, or it's a, as a pro evaluating college players. 
you know, we've built in things like their, you know, you'll be able to see their speed, you'll be able to see their 40 time, but every single player that comes into the draft, there's actually college footage on them. So they can look at them, how they perform in games, and they have to make a decision if that's the right fit for them, their offense, et cetera. So, you know, we want there to be that level of, you know, you know, really truly finding that Kurt Warner, you know, type of diamond in the rough or, or you know, or even a Tom Brady, right? You know, guy or a Russell Wilson, guy who gets dropped in assist and you've seen him play in college for whatever reason, you know, they weren't immediately, um, you know, the guy in the draft. But as soon as they get an opportunity to step on the field and play, they immediately show their value. And a lot of that has to do with system they get dropped into, but it also has to do with, you know, there's some there's some real there there. Right. So it's about these owners and the fans discovering, you know, who those guys are. You guys are talking about real money being transacted as well. How have you thought through virtual competitions in this form and making sure that those virtual competitions um, can remain on the up and up as much as possible and nobody can figure out a way to game up your system? Yeah, well, thank you for that question. So for us, um, for starters, it's all a game of skill, meaning there's always a human involved in the game. So, you know, with 12 games per day, you know, most of our owners will coach live at least one, if not two games per week, right? But then their team may play three times per week. What we require from every one of the owners in order for a game to go off, they are present coaching the team or they preset the behaviors they want for their team. So for football, for example, we give them a, you know, a play call sheet and, and they're able to fill in what do they want their team to do on first and 10? What do they want their team to do on second and three? You know, what do they want them to do on third and long? And it's, exact same way a coach you know builds out uh their uh their play call sheet and so if they're not present for the game they've already populated uh the behavior the behavior tree with how they want their their coaches to call a game or how they want their game called for their team so even when the game runs without a, a human coach live it's always simulating based on human input and decisions so that's the first part there's always human input the second thing that we do is that, you know, you'll see when you, when you actually see our game, after big plays, we bring to the surface what's happening underneath the hood. So we show when we roll the dice and we show what happened, you know, what went into the decision making on how this receiver beat that DB, uh, the percentage, you know, completion chance or percentage chance that a guy's going to break a, break a tackle or make a sack. And we show that as part of the presentation so that the fans can get very comfortable that everything that's happening um, uh, under the hood is something we're comfortable showing. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, we're storing, um, we're storing all of this, you know, on the chain so it can be audited at any time. It's really interesting. Um, do you foresee a day where values of franchises go up like in, like they would in real life because there are franchises that are performing particularly well within this ecosystem? Yeah, no, I mean, the franchises have grown steadily in their value. We won't, we won't say exactly what they're going for right now, but, you know, um, people who got in on the first franchise paid something different than people who got in on the, the 15th and the 20th franchise. Um, so um, we're seeing them, you know, go up in value pretty rapidly already, which we think is, you know, it's just because if you look at the cost or the value of an esports team and you look at um, what we've been selling these teams for, it's a, we feel like it's a really good value. And, you know, when we look at, um, you know, viewing patterns and habits and just passion, just watching, you know, I'm fortunate to have, you know, four sons and a daughter rolling around with, you know, their devices all the time and looking at how they, you know, enjoy digital content and, um, you know, 
people are into watching digital games. I mean, they're into sports all the time, period. And, you know, watching digital content has become more and more common. So, yeah, I definitely see the value of the teams continuing to increase. You know, they're a, they're a scarcity. And then ultimately, we'll have a whole separate league where we just let the fans operate and control their own teams. Even though out the gate, it's it's all about, you know, the, 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 the set teams in the league um, uh, competing. Take me a little bit through your thoughts about presentation of all of this. Obviously, you have this background with EA. It's amazing presentation that's put together with sports and gaming. Um, how did you think through what you want to disseminate and how you want to present the games to the viewing public? Yeah, so again, man, we're, we're, we're fortunate that it's not just myself. We've just got a lot of talented people who, you know, we've all done it before. So we really have no rookies on this team in terms of developing, you know, AAA sports content. Uh, we have a lot of passion for it, um, and we're competitive, man. So we look at what, you know, other products do, we admire, we appreciate, and then we, you know, do our best to find the areas that we can really geek out about. So, you know, all the way back <laughs> for like the last, you know, almost you know, 28 years or so, man, I've been focused on the, the, the subtleties because I think those are the things that make up a lot of fun. So things like the animated towels, being to be able to be put, anywhere on the body where a player would wear a towel, being able to have a visor, any color, being able to have a guy with an untucked t-shirt with a tucked in shirt over the top or have the straps come out of the chest, you know, for the shoulder pads. Cause that's it. While wow, guys tattoo showing, cause that's how he likes to rock it. You know, all those little, you know, being able to make a helmet, you know, from, you know, Matt to, you know, you know, bowling ball glistening, right? Like, or to the mirrored look that, you know, Oregon and different groups rock. We have been able to include all of that in how we build out a uniform in the team. And then we've even made it so that every team has six uniforms because we know people love to see and collect different, you know, different uniform styles and looks. And so we've just gone absolutely nuts with that kind of stuff for starters. And, you know, we did it from the perspective of people who are already sports junkies and, and gamers to begin with. So it was easy to really go hard there. So that was a big part of our presentation. Like, how can we just swag out the players first? And then, you know, we wanted great looking environments, great looking fields, really, really smart cameras that we can put all over the place and we can show anything at any time. Really dynamic replay system, LCD jumbotrons on the outside of the stadium so we can show, you know, highlights, replays, advertisement. Um, you know, we just kind of went nuts with all the, like, the the little details across the board. And, um and it and it shows in our in our product, and then you know we um you know we really did a good job I think with um with and and our player movement and um you know so all in all this it comes together well uh, especially for a first year product I think people are are going to be pretty happy with what they're seeing and we got a lot of um good reactions so we're we're excited for that we just want to provide a fun option for people, man, and, um, and, and have them satisfied. All right. And how are you thinking about community building and, and fan building? Obviously, with, with gaming that is in the virtual world, Fortnite and that type, it's a very different sport, if you will. With sports, I can play with Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen. I could play with Alex Ovechkin. I could play with LeBron James. In this world, that's not what I'm doing. So how do you kind of think through connecting fans to what they're watching here in virtual sports? Yeah, well, it's kind of twofold, right? Um, so the first thing is, is, you know, we've seated our ownership group with some really interesting and exciting people that fans are already a fan of. I mean, we've got our Mount Rushmore, not kind of, we've got a Mount Rushmore of, uh, of owners when you look at, you know, what they've accomplished. When you look at, you know, from, from Magic to, 
young guys like Lamelo, to Jerry, to Marshall, to Tracy, you know, it's to Mike. I mean, it's you know, to Jen, you know, it's 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 impactful. Nick, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. So for starters, you know, they're going to see legends on the field running around. But then beyond that, you know, if you look at everything that's happening and and how different games are played. People really do like the concept of being able to have a player they're responsible for turn into the star and become the star. And so we're counting on a lot of that, being able to say, hey, this player that I've picked up that I'm responsible for as their agent has turned into a megastar, you know, and is catching passes, um, you know, for Magic or, you know, is uh, is uh, blocking for Marshall. I think people will get excited about that too. And so starting with, um, you know, legends like that, you know, in the camp and, and leading the charge and bringing their fans to the table is one of the ways we're building the community. And then the other side of that is, you know, we, we think that people are going to want to have kind of pride and ownership and that there's a scarcity in the number of players we can have, like very deliberately. And even once you have a player, you know, like the real leagues, they're not going to be around forever. So can you be one of those owners who has a player that lasts for a long time, that breaks records, and we think all of that is, is going to foster a community of, of, uh, of competitiveness and desire to own these players, own their collectibles, watch them perform. But we're starting by seeding it with, you know, the relationship and the presence of, you know, absolute first class legends. All right. Last thing. This is a broad question and, and I'm asking it half seriously because I don't think this will ever happen. But I do wonder with your background and what you're doing now, how you view this. Do you think there's a day that digital sports outpaces real sports, that it's going to happen someday? I hope not. I mean, I'll tell you, as a fan of, of human sport, you know, seeing human accomplishment, um, you know, I don't, I don't foresee that day. I think, if anything, you know, we've never built this with the intent of trying to outpace any of the leagues. We built it to, you know, engage and extend the enjoyment of a fan who these leagues have made passionate. And we've gone as far as, um, making sure that all of our players from every sport have different nationalities. And they don't all just come from certain sections of the world where you'd expect them, you know, so that we can have, you know, World Cup and national teams reach one of these sports. Um, so because we're so passionate about watching things like World Cup, you know. Um, so, no, I think there's something about, you know, cheering on a team, a, a human team and being present in a crowd for that. But I will say this, um, you know, if you are into esports, you're into digital sports, you get the same feeling cheering on someone competing um, in a digital sport. So I don't think ultimately digital sports will replace um, uh, human sport. And, um, and I'm excited and will always continue to, to you know, to, to support human sports. But I also think, um, you know, digital sports will be, it's inevitable. I mean, digital sports will be present in every household, present on everyone's phone because too many people are gamers now and it's not going to turn back. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, um, and then from the perspective of real money gaming, you know, if you'd have told people 20 years ago, you know, that online poker was going to be as viable option <laughs> as it is, yeah. they didn't believe it. You're right. You know, I mean, there was a lot of the guys kicking and screaming that went in there and now those guys, you know, really eat and thrive. Um, and so I think it's, it's, just, it's, you know, it's not us, you know, being, um, being super clever. It's just us watching, you know, just the trends and how we interact with behavior and content. So it's really fascinating. David Ortiz is the CEO of Simwin Sports. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you having Brad. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Brad Weinstein.